Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Thursday, Silver 7s. Let's get into it. Lots to get into uh, from a legal standpoint. Also, what's going on with uh, COVID and sports. We'll certainly get into uh, John Madden. We talked about him pretty much for the whole three-hour show. Yesterday, Xavier Pope is with us, attorney out of Chicago. All right, I got to get your take on uh, what the CDC did with the uh, 10 to 5 day thing and the effects on sports because uh, these are major changes. Yeah, the CDC made some changes. Uh, you saw it happen after the CEO of, uh, of Delta uh, openly campaigned with a statement on the website saying that they went to the CDC and just wanted to change um, the isolation period from 10 to 5 days, uh, which is a significant cutoff time, and because it would in, in, impact the economy and work, and work productivity. Uh, and we saw soon thereafter the CDC change and basing this on the amount of time it takes to be able to recognize symptoms, to know someone is uh, symptomatic, and then what happens a couple of days after that in terms of transmission, uh, the, the likelihood being two days, and you putting that together and creating this 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 standard. Uh, what it feels like that we were people that have been trying to do the right thing. We feel like we've been a little bit betrayed that we've been going above and beyond. And it seems as if society is buckling to people who don't want to do the right thing by shortening the rules and making it making it easier. But on the flip side of that, you also have a very contagious um, uh, variant that is put in our society. And we have to be able to balance the needs of public health with the economy. And so people feel a lot of mixed feelings about that in terms of rules changing to be specifically five days. That's a draft. That's cutting it in half. And I had COVID, Steve, as you know. Day five, I felt like trash. I didn't feel better until after 10 days. So in sports, the NFL made, I think, a rash move from a competitive integrity standpoint by changing the rule this week. What do you think? Because the last couple of weeks, there were teams that were hobbled uh, you know, with the 10-day rule and guys not uh, testing negative in time, and now everything's changed. I know it, locally we've talked about it a lot because – the Raiders were looking at a scenario where they were going to have a bunch of their defensive players out, but on the other side, the Colts were going to have Carson Wentz out, and now there's a pretty decent chance that Wentz will play. Well, look at it this way, Steve. There are two policies that are, that are in play. First, you have the first policy that was that was changed in, in terms of t- uh, testing asym- uh, asymptomatic players, uh, and, and vaccinated players, rather. And that was based on the chief medical officer uh, of uh, that with the NFL basically stating that he didn't see based on the, the science that he had been studying that there have been transmissions coming from vaccinated players. That gave the scientific background for the NFL to act. You have the second policy of on shortening from shortening 10 to five days based on symptoms. And so I think that speaks a little bit more to how they're driving that home to follow along the science and as they see it and be able to create a, a, a bright line and if it's legal, I tweeted this earlier today, Steve. I said people are going to do what they are legally able to do, and go to that extent. Because if they're not going to go above and beyond, we saw in an NBA though change from not not to five days but six days. But generally, businesses are going to do what they are legally allowed to do. Xavier Pope is with us, uh, attorney out of Chicago, joins us every Thursday here. 
as we uh, do it from Silver 7s. Let's talk about one of the big stories uh, yesterday. It was a sad day. I watched a documentary last night, and it was very moving on uh, John Madden, all Madden. I think everyone has, you know, has had some sort of uh, impact from John Madden's life as a sports fan. It's kind of the, the soundtrack to our, our youth and our childhood. So what did you think of when you saw that John Madden passed away? John Madden impacted multiple generations of sports fans and gamers and 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 just people in general in, in our culture. And I think that that's why it's such a strong feeling of loss for having him being gone. I grew up in a generation where I didn't see John Madden coach. So I didn't I didn't really see him become the, the winningest head coach in the Super Bowl era in terms of winning percentage. I, I didn't see that happen. But I did see him when Pat, him and Pat Summerall do over 300 games over 21 years and drive, take his bus from different places because he didn't fly and, and his trademark slogan, boom, you know, and, and, and using that and be, being who he was. And then, you know, to when I was still a, still relatively a teenager uh, or a young kid, uh, John Madden, the game comes out. I get to play that and grow up with that as a kid. So I was able to grow up with John Madden. Not only from hearing him, but from the booth as I learned and love sports, but also to playing games. And so it was really integral to my growing up, a coming of age. And so many of people have experienced John Matt on a personal level and where they've been able to interact with him and throughout his, his illustrious career. I don't want to call attention to this because I think that was the point of a couple of tweets of uh, there were two folks that made the rounds who tweeted out negative stuff about John Madden. One fella who has now taken down his account, which I really don't understand the point. Uh, I thought the point was to freaking get attention, but uh, one fella tweeted out that John Madden was actually a bad guy and made tons of money off the uh, backs of African-Americans. Yeah, when you when you you, you bring a, a, a ridiculously liberal slant, white liberal slant, that amounts to nobody black asked you that we didn't ask you to defend us i think that when you when you come from that standpoint that's when you're in a situation where now you have right-wing folks like are oh, you being super woke and you got over the hill left anyone on the left or, or african-american people of color going like oh well, this has nothing to do with us this is you just trying to get attention and when he looked like a fool and i think that's why it takes a countdown because he had no one that agreed with him one of the biggest ratios i've ever seen Never heard of the guy, frankly. And sometimes we just give attention to the people that are loud and wrong in 2021. Let's stop doing that in 2022. Xavier Pope is with us as we're live here at Silver 7s on a Thursday. You know, speaking of Madden, it's rare that you become that big a star where you can cross over. I actually think that Pat McAfee has a chance to be a megastar on that level. But we do have an issue at hand concerning his convos with Aaron Rodgers, and I know Mike Freeman has called out McAfee. It's interesting that McAfee is so outspoken but will not challenge Aaron Rodgers on this cancel culture stuff and leaning on the advice of Dr. Joe Rogan. Well, I mean, because McAfee knows that Aaron Rodgers will come back and he can get the views and the clicks and the shares and that will be able to, he can use and put in his analytics to to sell to any other platform that he creates for a bigger platform and make more money. I mean, it's just that simple. Yep. It, I mean, Aaron Rodgers on your show, people are going to watch. Aaron Rodgers on your show being completely uninhibited and not, you know, scared to say anything, but just completely unloading even more listeners. And so the worst behavior the, the, is being rewarded. It doesn't matter if it's the truth. It doesn't matter if it has any facts. As Aaron Rodgers spotted things that has no base in fact or science. But it doesn't matter because Aaron Rodgers, and he's saying something that you can take a little bit of sound clips and play it. People will watch it and people will pay attention to it. 
You, you know this. You are in this game. It's now about the numbers, what works, what sells, and how much how much you can value it because it's getting harder and harder to attract advertisers if you don't really know exactly how to able to micro-target certain audiences and getting them to watch or getting them to listen. And that's why he's doing it. So you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about the you know the worst of the worst and the, the decay of society in, in, in many ways. Um, let's go to the worst of the worst. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, guilty on, what, five or six counts. What happens now with this lady in sentencing? Will they coax her to flip? Because I'm sure she's got a lot of information for bigger fish out there. And the other one, not to be morbid or sick, but uh, her running mate killed himself, we think. Uh, how do they keep her from doing that? I mean, come on, Steve. That's the first thing everyone thought is – she lived a life that there is no way in her wildest dreams she thought she'd be going to jail or in prison. And they lived a certain way and they hobnobbed with some of the most powerful, richest people in the world. Um, they lived a certain lifestyle that, that doesn't that doesn't align with the jumpsuit. So it's reasonable to ask something more like that off the top. Secondly, she does have sentencing. Um, how does that impact her sentencing um, based on the, the charges that she's been convicted of? I don't I don't necessarily see that may, may even happening on that level because people want the accountability of of Maxwell. So, I mean, I don't know how far that's actually going to go as much people th- as, 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 as much as people think it is or want it to be. We may see a situation where different details come out um, based on some uh, information that's been gathered, but whether it actually leads to some high profile politician or business person being held accountable for this. I mean, you can social ref. I mean, look how long that they were allowed to do what they did in the highest level of society without being accountable. I want to talk a little TV to go back and forth here. I'm all over the place. Um, I saw you tweet the other day that HBO Max for you is Dunsky, uh, Insecure is finished, and Curb is now done for the season. That's it? You're out? No more HBO Max? Westwood's not coming out for a while, but I forgot. So thanks for the reminder, Steve. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to cancel Sling for uh, four years now, and I just noticed last <laughs> night I got billed. My monthly bill, <laughs> once again, it never ends. Um, last one to close on. I thought this was really interesting. Mike Hill, who I, I think has kind of gotten out of the sports realm um, and is now doing news, uh, he was with Fox for the longest time. He threw out a question. He said, we've had shows, positive uh, shows about uh, black women and their relationships with each other. Has there ever been a good, successful TV show about black men like this one that lasted at least four seasons and a lot of people came at him was he off base in asking the questions and and uh and bringing up the discussion uh steve i think where mike is being criticized for was putting that show up against black women uh and a successful show that needed to be have its place and have its time and have its shine to be good like what it was unquestioned taken on in terms of any comparison because of the representation that's required for a marginalized groups such as black women. So I think that's where the heat for him comes. Asking that question in a vacuum uh, is, is something that he could have done, but would it have garnered the attention had he not used it with uh, dovetailing after the show? I mean, that was what inspired him to ask in the first place. I don't think he was saying that that shouldn't be there or any less value in it. He'd say, hey, I, I want some representation too. I don't think it's anything wrong with asking for that. There are different shows that were brought up. I don't think they compared to Insecure at all. Um, but just yesterday, we saw The Wood, uh, which was a movie, a uh, coming of age story. We'll now have a TV show. So a lot of people are saying, hey, look, 
the industry responded right to Mike Hill right there. There are other creatives that said they would create something like that as well. Um, I think that that's the issue. Uh, some of the inner dynamics of black women and black men in terms of uh, some of the, some social constructs, power, privilege, making a society, being able to be creators, create, be stars. I think that's something, a, a, a conversation that definitely should happen. I think we need a, sum, a black man, black woman summit on um, how our issues and how our how we align and different uh, frameworks. Because if you cut up any different demographic, there are going to be issues that, that have to be addressed in terms of being able to make sure their needs or their representation is met. Uh, and so that's something that I think should happen. And, and along with creating amazing television, having great representation, but I don't necessarily meant it in harm, but I can see where he got criticism, but I, he said he's not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> and I said, create the show, uh, make it happen. If you want to make it happen, make it happen. I think that's really what the end result was and moving forward and maybe create those positive images that you want on television if you're there. Your uh, suit-up news this week is about the change with the CDC from uh, 10 days to 5 days and, and sports and impact on society? Yeah, we did that. So suit up, we have suit-up news space that's now on Twitter Spaces every uh, Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. We have suit-up news video. Uh, we'll be back for the new year. going to be talking about all the different things that you should be expecting to see based on what's happened over 2021. In 2022, a uh, lot of really important issues on 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 COVID, on politics, on on our laws, and also in sports as well. Tune in and go to Xavier Pope and suit up with me. Happy New Year's! Happy New Year, my man! Happy safe, happy holiday. Appreciate y'all support and love for me all year, even the ones who don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year to you as well. <laughs> Xavier Pope, he's got suit up news up on Twitter. On the way back, we get to the Fat Pack. It is time for all of us to go on the Betty White Diet. We're about two weeks away from Betty White turning 100. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's one. rolling on this Thursday, Las Vegas Bowl Thursday. That game's coming up. In about three hours over at the Al, we've got uh, another bowl game, Tennessee and Purdue. Wild one. It's 45 up with like one second left in regulation. Adam, they're attempting a long field goal. <laughs> yeah, 56-yard attempt. I think there's been 28 points the last five minutes of the fourth quarter here, 14 for each team. A wild one. And then all of a sudden, the after all that scoring, Purdue goes three and out. They punt. Tennessee gets about the 40, and then they – ran three times and then basically tried three go routes I, I don't know what they were doing just get in field goal range but uh they do have the attempt here to try to win the game bowl season is wild steve everybody's in it's very exciting pittsburgh down seven nothing against michigan state uh reed with a 28 yard touchdown pass no kenneth walker on the michigan state side the uh, great running back and no kenny pickett on the pittsburgh side uh i mentioned before the break and you heard fat pack coming back this is very inspiring. You know that I love Betty White. She's not trending again, is she? She's 99. She's going to be 100 on January 17th. Yeah, it's always terrifying every time she starts trending on Twitter, which is like once every couple days. She recently told a magazine that her secret in terms of dieting was to avoid anything green. <laughs> right. Okay. I like it. Uh, yeah, that seems, I mean, it seems counterintuitive. Whatever works. 
Whatever's good for Betty is good for all of us, I think. She's a national treasure. She is. I agree. Back in 2018, she said she still loved vodka. Hot dogs. <laughs> okay, neither green. I mean, good for her. I'm all over this. I mean, from, from you know, her current status as just, you know, America's sweetheart at 99 years old. Uh, I mean, from Golden Girls to the roasts, the, the career is so varied and amazing for Betty White. Should, I have no segue, should okay. Max Pacioretty get on a diet of uh, vodka and hot dogs because he's having trouble staying healthy? I mean, if it works. What just happened? What, you, broken, what, what? Wrist surgery? Is it, it broken? What is it? What happened? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just a run of bad luck for this team, it feels Stones like. Stones down and now Patches down again. Yeah. Uh, both of them have been, been gone for much of the season, by the way. Field goal, no good. Uh, both of them have been gone much of the season. The injury luck has just not gone well at all. Uh, for this team, and we're seeing, you know, again, just when it looked like they were getting healthy and they were going to be able to start to field their full complement of players, getting some optimism for, hey, Jack Eichel on the horizon. Now he's going to join this full loaded team. All of a sudden, injury issues ensue again. Raiders, COVID list. What happened today? Nothing today. So Edwards far. off, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and, and they're you know they're going to get the guys back. Over the next couple of days, guys are going to start coming back. The, yesterday, they got Illuminor back. Um, got a couple of guys actually back yesterday. Nate Hobbs came back. So um, it's right around the same, like right around 10 guys right now that are on there. Uh, but with the new protocols, it's kind of a mystery for when, when people are going to come back. I think what the Raiders are essentially bracing for now is a bunch of guys that are going to be coming back. They should have the full complement of players essentially by Sunday. Waller? But who is – well – He's injured. He's, he'll be back off the COVID list. He's not going to be playing. He wasn't going to play anyway. I don't think so. He was going to try. Right. But the issue with him is they said on Monday that they were hopeful to get him on the practice field Wednesday. It might not be till Thursday. And if he only practiced Thursday, Friday, they might they don't know if they'd let him go because he needs to get a couple practices in. So now he's not going to get any practices in. He should be activated by Sunday. But doesn't mean you can play. Uh, and and I, would, I would think he'll be out for injury purposes, not for COVID purposes. He may be available, and he may come to them because this is something they've said the last couple of weeks, that if he comes to them on game day and he says, I'm playing, I don't think anybody's standing in his way. But it's also, you know, it's going to be what, over a month, almost a month and a half of not playing, no practices, hasn't even really been on the field at all. I have a very, very hard time thinking that they would throw him out on the field to play. And there hasn't been any clue at all about Carson Wentz on the Colts side? I mean, he's not. He's in the same situation. He's not going to practice. So they're going to have to determine whether they want him to play without practicing at all. My guess is they will. They'll put him out there. But that's the decision they have to make, just like the Raiders do. All these guys, and, and, and we've seen it around the league. We've seen most guys that come back from the COVID list the day of the game or the day before the game either – are limited or, you know, barely play. But a quarterback is a different scenario. It's going to be really tough for them to put them out there without practicing, but I think that they will. I, I, I have a feeling they're going to put them out there. I mean, it tells you all you need to know that they contacted Phillip Rivers. Like, if they're, if they're at that level of, of trust in Sam Ellinger, I doubt that they're going to throw him out there over Carson Wentz. Now, I think Phillip Rivers 
was going to be um, an emergency quarterback. I don't think they were calling him to start on Sunday. I think they wanted him there in case they needed a backup. But still, I, I feel like as long as Carson Wentz is off the list, they'll probably put him out there. But keep in mind, like the rule is not five days. Like some guys are actually getting sick. Yeah. Uh, do we have? Do we have? Do we have official information on who is monitoring symptoms or no symptoms and who's sick and who's not? Well, because I think the fear from a lot of people is, and maybe it's not a fear for many, but that the players are just going to be like, "Yeah, no, I'm fine." Well, <laughs> we have kind of seen that players are self-reporting at the beginning. So players are going in because most of the tests that are being taken are because guys have symptoms. Like they're not really they're not testing everyone anymore. Most of the tests, most of the guys that go on the list are because they have symptoms. Um, you saw a little bit on Hard Knocks last night. I don't know if you caught up to the latest episode, but you saw guys were sick and they were going and testing because they were sick. Now the concern I would imagine is now that if you're admitting, hey, I'm sick, we should be, we should test me. If the conditions are well, once you're once you're not feeling symptoms anymore, you can come back. I imagine guys would lie a little bit about where their symptoms are, but you can tell. I mean, yesterday on on the Hard Knocks when you're watching it, they're like, well, Quentin Nelson's sick. Like he's clearly sick. And he was testing negative. Like, all right, well, he's fine. And, like, he just finally tested positive. Like, okay, he has it. So, like, everybody knows when you have symptoms. It's not that, you know, it's not that hard to see. Now, how much will they, you know, go into it? How much will they take that into account? How much, Who's monitoring it? That's tough to say. It's supposed to be the team doctor and then one independent uh, voice. But who knows how independent that is. You know, we heard Tyler Lockett today. I don't know if you saw his comments, basically, yeah. how sick he was. So, I mean, in that case, you're going to know that guys are sick. Um, but I think that is the biggest question. I, I think a lot of what they've done is very good. I think it's it's kind of progress that they're making with some of the some of the rule changes. But this one is a little bit tricky. Does this Raiders-Colts game come down to who can run the ball more effectively? That would be advantage Colts, we think, unless the Raiders can do what they did last week on both sides of the ball. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. The 4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. We are in overtime now. Purdue and Tennessee, 45 apiece. Pittsburgh, Michigan State, Peach Bowl, sevens up. Seven apiece for the Spartans and the Panthers. I got a lot of Raiders questions. Adam Hill is here, Silver Sevens. Happy hours begun, 277 on many of the drinks. Flamingo and Paradise, come on down. Sign up for the A-play. That'll benefit you throughout the winning hours of 2021 and all of 2022. Before we get to any of that, you know, Adam, we're going to get some picks and plays, leans and likes from Brad Powers. Uh, listener Barry stopped by Silver Sevens. We get massive crowds to come down here. 
Every break we're talking to people. <laughs> Barry said, thanks for a great year. I listen to your show at least three times a week. What are you doing the other two? But I've called in 15 times or more. Never get anyone to answer. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Harvey. Late Festivus. Barry T. No one will answer the phones. All right. I can't respond, can I? Therefore, I decided to drive all the way down from Summerlin. A lot of traffic out there, too. To give you my picks in person. And then we were uh, not in a break, so Barry drove down, was in a hurry. Mateo got the note. All right, Barry, I hope you're listening. Barry's got Michigan plus the points against Georgia and the under. He's got Bama laying the points and the over. Sounds like that would have been a really good phone call, Ari. We should make Ari read those picks so it's like a phone call, so we get the audio. <laughs> well, he was great relaying the messages last year during Festivus. Anyone who listened, real insiders <laughs> to the show, he nailed it. He was, he was good. He was real good. Reading uh, text and emails, it was, it was some brilliant stuff. I'm known for, for <laughs> speaking so well on the radio. So you mentioned, Adam, uh, getting a lot of your Colts info from watching Hard Knocks. I started watching in-season Hard Knocks. It's interesting. Colts are mostly a likable team. Trying to get a good read on Frank Reich. Really loves speeches. Really, really loves props. Beginning of the week props. That's fine. You mix it up, right? I mean, that's part of the job. Uh, I'll tell you the guy I'm really impressed with from a personality standpoint and uh, a humble demeanor, as much as I hate to say it. And the Raiders have got to stop this guy. Jonathan Taylor. I don't like saying it. High character dude. Why is that? Uh, Jersey guy. But, of course, landed at Wisconsin, as so many have in the past. Was that his original commitment? That was not where he originally committed to. Let's not get into it. He had a verbal, and he uh, he did not not deliver on that verbal and wound up with Wisconsin. He's awesome. He's a great running back, and like I said, really humble. They have got to slow him down. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the most important – part of the game plan this week no question about it um if from the defensive line to the linebackers to the secondary to everyone uh you know even uh, desmond trufant asked about it today like yeah you're in the secondary you're supposed to cover people but wh- how how are you approaching this game in terms of jonathan taylor and he said well we know if it if he gets to us we have to make a tackle or else we might as well just go to the sidelines because he's scoring like we're the last line of defense and we know that so i i think that they're they're prepared for that. All the focus is on him. Uh, they are going to, you know, do everything they can to make sure that they stop him. Uh, he's so important to what they do offensively, but it's also the offensive line in front of him. They're so good. They're so good at what they do uh, that, and it's it's players and scheme. They have some of the elite offensive linemen in the in the in the NFL, but last week none of them played. <laughs> they were down six offensive linemen last week, and they still ran the ball effectively over a hundred yards. Now. You know, they did, uh, you know, he didn't catch any passes. He didn't score a touchdown. So, uh, I know from a fantasy perspective, it wasn't what he usually does. But effectively ran the ball, especially that 50-yard run to start the game, without any of the offensive line. So, now that they've got those guys back, it's going to be even more difficult. Uh, It's a challenge, no question about it. From the top of the roster to the bottom of the roster, all eyes are going to be on 28 this week. 
Coming up, we're going to talk to Brad Powers, college football insider, also a guy we lean on for NFL picks as well. We'll get into the offensive line performance from a week ago with the Raiders. The run game looked real good. Can they continue that? That's coming up in the Big Five. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Let's do it, Adam. Can we get some Belichick rhythm on this one? How do you want to do the chant? What? Just simply uh, Big Ten. Big Ten. Big Ten. Wait, I'm, I'm doing Belichick. Can I get a chant Big Ten? Long time Big Ten, guys? No days do, Not going to work? Big yeah, exactly. 14. Yeah. Big, <laughs> yeah, 14. Yeah, big 14. Oh, the SEC. Damn it. Damn it. Good officiating at the end as well. I mean... I haven't, I haven't fully seen. I just saw a real quick clip. It looked awful. Um, I'm not going to celebrate, as, as I've said. I mean, Tennessee was laying seven to a team without its best receivers and gave up 534 yards in the air. At the end of the game, if a bad call cost him, that does suck. Brad Powers is with us. I, Brad, how you doing? I'm always afraid when we bring you on right after a bowl game. The, the money line, underdog, what would you have? Uh, I had Tennessee. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that wasn't good. I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone because, believe it or not, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are still okay, but when this line first opened up, you know, three-plus weeks ago, Tennessee was a three-point underdog. So uh, there's probably one out of every 150 people that bet uh, Tennessee cashed a ticket or at least, you know, got their money back. I mean, that was – that was one of the biggest line moves, and we've seen two of them today. But, you know, the big line moves did not win after they had won, you know, consecutive days uh, consistently, game after game. And today, uh, let's just say I've gotten a, a couple pieces of humble pie. What happened at the end of the game? We were, we're kind of watching it, but, you know, while we're on the air, we can't exactly watch it. What exactly happened on the, the call as Tennessee tried to get the ball in the end zone? You know what? To be perfectly frank, I moved on. Uh, I ah, gave up all go. hope on cashing a Tennessee ticket, so I was already on to the Pittsburgh-Michigan State game. What do you got going in Pittsburgh-Michigan State? Well, I bet the under, so, I mean, I'm probably <laughs> in big-time trouble there. Not so, a great start. Uh, I mean, and I also took Michigan State plus three a couple weeks ago, so maybe I can you know grind out a winner there after the line moved about a touchdown. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this, I cannot be betting unders anymore. I mean, obviously, that's been the significant trend. It was the favorites there for a while after, you know, prior to the day. But, I mean, the one thing that stays true is these bowl games are going over easily. Why do you think that is? Have you noticed anything? Man, I, you know, it's a great question. I mean, you can on one point you could say, I mean, there's, you know, teams aren't caring as much. Uh, but, but then again, when, when games don't mean as much, I mean, look at the NFL preseason. Those are lower scoring. So I'm going to have to dive into it this offseason really, you know, I test says that you know they haven't been practicing tackling the last three four weeks of practice. I can tell you that. Are you uh, pro Mayo or anti Mayo? Uh, I, I'm in between. I I can only take it on certain things, uh, like uh, you know a burger and certain sandwiches, and that's it. 
What, so, about, what about your head? Yeah, your head. What about that? We got to pay you to throw, uh, to dump a whole thing of uh, a whole jug again. You know what? I, I didn't see what Shane Beamer's uh, bowl bonus was. Sure, <laughs> if, uh, if it was significant, then yeah, you can dump just about anything on me. There you go. <laughs> well, don't don't throw that challenge Be out careful. on this show. Be careful. Yeah, we'll, we'll take you up on it. Yeah. I was saying next year they got to get a hot sauce sponsor for one of these bowl games, and maybe the loser gets a hot sauce poured all over him. Oh, you can't do that to the loser. They're already miserable. No, we're worried about motivation. Okay. <laughs> Bet you the coach is motivated then. No hot sauce all over your face. That'll motivate him. <laughs> uh, what do you got on the Las Vegas Bowl? What do you think of this one? This is uh, right now sitting uh, Wisconsin 7.5 against Arizona State. Well, not to sound square, but I got the favorite again. Uh, I-, I took Wisconsin. Uh, I-, I like the matchup specifically. You know, Arizona State had a couple of their top two running backs opt out. They had a couple of defensive players opt out. You know, I'm not buying the Pac-12. Uh, even when they do decide to play a bowl game, it hasn't been a good look so far this bowl season. It hasn't been a good look for the, the conference and bowl season for several years now. I just think Wisconsin's a little bit more locked in. And then you look at Paul Christ as a head coach in bowl games at Wisconsin. It's 5-1 straight up, 5-1 against the spread. So I took the Badgers tonight. Although, you know, not, it looks like I'm not alone either. That one, uh, another favorite, took a ton of money here in the last 24 hours. Couple of big games tomorrow uh, we can talk about in college football. I, I just in general for both these games, which applies to games all over the place. But how do we know who's playing and who's not? It sounds like both teams have guys in protocols, but we don't really know, right? Well, we have. I, I can tell you this: nobody really knows anything because uh, we haven't seen hardly any line movement on the two semifinals. Unlike almost every single bowl game where we've, we've seen significant line movement on either side or total. Uh, it, it tells you a few things. Number one, probably means that, that most of these guys are going to play. Number two, it means unlike every other bowl game, you can't question motivation in the two semifinals. All four of these teams are motivated. They obviously want to advance the national championship game. So uh, unlike everything else that I've seen so far this bowl season, I mean, these numbers have been pretty much, you know, staying, standing pat, especially the sides uh, on these two bowl games, you know, for three weeks. And I think they're pretty sharp. I'll say this, uh, if you're going to ask me which team I'm going to bet, again, I'm going to sound like super square here, but I I like the Crimson Tide of Alabama. I mean, you look at Nick Saban, last five times he's been in a semifinal, he's won by 20 points per game. Even go back further, anytime he's got extra time to prep, I'm not talking the championship game after the semifinals, I'm just talking semifinals or BCS national championship games. I I mean, when he can you know, rely on his army of analysts, uh, that nobody else has because he just has more staffers <laughs> that are, you know, and then off-field assistants, quote-unquote. Uh, I, I just think I don't see how Cincinnati keeps this under two touchdowns. One of the, the ways we see teams get well, – we see teams get overmatched by Alabama all the time, but one of the things we see very often is that you just can't cover all of their weapons. I, I, I could, I guess, make the case Cincinnati probably could cover guys in the secondary. They're pretty good there. And Alabama is down a receiver. Any hesitation in those matchups at all? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, John Mechie uh, is their second-best wide receiver for the Crimson Tide, gets hurt against Georgia. Uh, yeah, and you look at secondary-wise, at least at cornerback, uh, Cincinnati as good as anybody. But I'll, I'll say this, Cincinnati hasn't seen the speed of Jamison Williams. Uh, neither is pretty much any other buddy, any, anybody else in the country. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how good you are at, at cornerback. I mean, if a guy can just run right by you like he did George's defense on several occasions, uh, th- that's what I'm kind of expecting. 
What about the other game, Georgia seven and a half? Hasn't really moved much at all against Michigan. You know, I, I think Michigan's going to end up being the square side here, the public dog. Why? For a couple reasons. Number one, I mean, it's what you've seen last and most recent. Michigan, you know, crushing Ohio State and Iowa. Georgia losing Alabama. I think Michigan, when you look at against the spread this year, is the best team in the country, 11-2. and two. Uh, They're going to want to take the hook, in my opinion, the 7.5. So I think Michigan be the public side. Uh, again, I'm on the favorite. Uh, nothing big. I did lay 7. Uh, it's not one of my favorite bull bets that I made. I made over 50 of them. So it, it would rank probably in the bottom 10 of those 50 that I made. So if I hit right now, if you'd ask me which way to go in that semifinal, I'd probably bet the over for two reasons. Number one, if Georgia is the right side, and obviously if a favorite's going to get marching, obviously that involves scoring. So I, I think that that bodes well for the over. The other thing, if it, you know, if Michigan covers, well, what part of Georgia is going to be overrated? Probably Georgia's defense, like we saw against Alabama, where, uh, and again, that involves scoring. So I'm going to lean over 45 and a half. There's a strange situation with Michigan. I think we can take some guesses. I don't know what's going on. Tax Hill is a very important player on the defense for them uh, at safety. As of five hours ago, he was not in Florida. Now he's there. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. Like, I, I guess from a personnel standpoint, you just have to decide whether you think he's playing or not and how much that would matter to you making a bet. But, like, do you start to try to figure out, okay, what is going on? What could this? What could be impacting the team? Is it COVID? Is it something else? Is there personal things? What is going on and how much that could impact the entire team? Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. I don't think it matters too much as far as just him. If he's in or out of the lineup, I mean, sure, X's and O's guys, matchup guys are going to say, you know, how valuable he is. I can tell you this from a bet, a sports better that, that, you know, specialize in college football. He's, you know, whether he's in or out of the lineup, it's not going to move the point spread. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, from just from him, who, who cares? I mean, who, it matters. But it doesn't matter to the point spread. I just mean, like, there's something going on with him, then you got to start trying to yeah. determine. Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. the problem with COVID is, I mean, HIPAA laws and everything, and just college football in general, because there's no injury report. I mean, it's all pure speculation at this point. Not only for Dax Hill, but a lot of these guys, and you just sure. you don't get information. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, the market certainly didn't know that Mississippi State was going to be down six plus starters the other night because Mississippi <laughs> State took money all day long from pros and Joes against Texas Tech, and then 15 minutes before kickoff, all of a sudden, you know, half their teams out. I mean, I, I could tell you this: uh, a lot of people are out of the loop on some of this stuff. The, how do you, how are you approaching teams that didn't know they were playing in bowl games? Uh, I'm fading them. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. What are you uh, doing? No, no, it's it's almost 17 this, hey, now. Yeah, I, I got to look back, but I think double-digit underdogs are 5-0 and against the spread so far this bowl season. Yeah. And obviously we've seen a, a few of them win outright. So yes, that yes, you yes. can you know put that feather in your cap. Shiano's a good bowl coach, although he hasn't yeah. coached <laughs> one in a decade. <laughs> On, on, on five days' uh, notice, what are the numbers on that, though? That's a problem. Yeah, I I don't know what Rutgers was doing for three weeks. I'm guessing not, obviously not practicing, not a lot of studying. out. A lot of studying. Academics, yeah. first and foremost. Come on now. Yeah. But then again, Wake Forest isn't one of my favorite teams to lay a ton of points with. So, right. I mean, I lean Wake Forest. I, I, I made a bet on Wake Forest, but not, nothing big. Yeah, you'll probably see some uh, real angry tweeting around 840. Uh, in the morning because it's an early start. I'll be, I will be pissed that I got up that early to watch a game. But uh, listen, I, I, I hope they, uh, I hope they play well. I hope they don't get blown off the field. So, 
Still a good reward. Still a good reward. All right, Brad. BradPowerSports.com, at BradPower7. Uh, one last question. Uh, did you bail on Ohio State? I have no idea what you had in Ohio State and Utah. Is Ohio State just a no play now because of, uh, you know, Wilson and Olave bailing? Uh, I already bet Utah three weeks ago, but I am against it because I already thought it was going to be priced in that they were not going to want to play. And then, you know, the news breaks and the line continues to move down. I'll see what it – I can tell you this. I'll have a big bet on Ohio State if it can, the market continues to fade them, if it goes down to three. I, I, I'll, I'll fade the big move. I think Ohio State will be more ready than at least the market's anticipating. Brad, have a good New Year's. We'll talk to you next year. Happy New Year, guys. Take care. There he is, Brad Powers. Not like not trying to rub salt in the wound. I mean, I'm, I appreciate his honesty. I mean, yeah. good good news for him. I am on Michigan State as well, so I have Michigan State plus three and a half. Well, they, well the Pittsburgh had opt outs, and then now their quarterback I think got hurt in the first quarter. So uh, that's their second string quarterback. So we'll, and we'll I see. and as soon as I saw Olave and uh, Wilson and local. Uh, Haskell Garrett out of the game. I actually bet Ohio State. That's I still think they have a load of talent. And savvy. I don't know if it's savvy. I'm again. Uh, believe me, on the other side because he mentioned the public dog. I am on Michigan, and now I'm starting to feel really bad about it. Daily happy hour starts at three with beers, well drinks, and margaritas. Just two seventy seven.